Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey. No chill, Prano. Hello, Andy. Good morning, Prano. I'm now doing Tug doing me, doing the intro. Yeah. Hello, Andy. You are. You got a little raspy voice today. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I think maybe just uh, slip the fan on to direct or something. Real? For real? I don't know. Was it the Hare Krishna festival? I, honestly. Did you go out there for that? Honestly, and I don't want to dip into politics too early on this show. I know there's been a lot of complaints and critics <laughs> <laughs> that we do too much pop culture and uh, pop culture. According, according to spinoff shows we gave birth to. Uh, but, Shots uh, fired. But uh, I was in the Hare Krishna thing for like a second, and then I was like, uh, somebody's going to shoot this up. I'm going to go in my apartment now. Yeah, so they, uh, somebody's gonna kill all these people. So they do a Hari Krishna. I now no longer go to places where more than a hundred people are gathered. Yeah, seriously, man. A lot of people think that I'm just not a successful comic, but I actually ta- I, I put a limit. I, I cap the number of people that are allowed to come to any of my yeah. comedy shows at ninety nine because I don't sure. want to be anywhere. I didn't. I didn't make it this year. I usually try to pop in. I feel like that used to be a thing, a bigger thing. The Hare Krishna thing. Well, what I loved is it, there was, it was just like multi-layered protesting. Hare Krishnas, Christians protesting them, you know. Okay. Not protesting them, just out there being like, don't forget about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then some guy like in a Trump costume protesting the Christians. I was like, this is so meta. Yeah. The protest upon the protest upon the protest. Yeah. Well... I'm happy that we have Twerks back. I think I think we should get him on the mic. So so Aaron's back today. His legit internship is finished. I jokingly say to him, "Be here at 10 a.m. with some claws tomorrow." This dude shows up with white claw 10 a.m. Monday morning. There's no laws when you're drinking I mean, claws. Yeah, first yeah. This is my uh, probably actual start of my summer break now that my internship is over. Um, so yeah, I don't have to be in the office or anything like that. And uh, when he told me that, I was like, I was taken aback a little bit at first. And then I was kind of like, I mean, I'm not not down. So I picked up some claws, came over, and I was just like, yeah, let's do this. I'm I'm ready. He's got his claw variety pack, and he's rocking his Derek Carr Raiders yeah, jersey. I love it. Have to. I mean, hard knocks starting tomorrow. I mean, you got I got to support him. Okay, here's a good question for you, as a Raiders fan. You saw Antonio. Uh, Brown's feet. I did, yeah, I did. If if someone said to you, dude, you gotta lick his foot for a guaranteed playoff spot, do you do it? Without a doubt, in a second. You do within a second. Dude, I'd break off a little piece of that dead skin, a <laughs> little bit of a <laughs> little, <bit of> <laughs> little bit of sour cream and onion dip. <laughs> Super Bowl, Super Bowl tickets. I'm doing, yeah, guaranteed Super Bowl spot, dude. I'd, yeah. Let's not forget, he drinks White Claws daily, so like the taste level. And also, he takes the cheese off of pizza 
Yeah. He just eats the cheese and the toppings. Is, is dry toskin keto? <laughs> <laughs> actually, probably got a good protein. Actually, would you peel off and yes, let's stop talking about this? Would, I would, I haven't had breakfast. I'll throw up bile. When you peel off stop Antonio it. Brown's foot, that's probably what it looks like when you peel the cheese off of a slice of pizza. Yeah, it looks. I'm I'm sure it looks similar. Maybe uh, as if I left that cheese out overnight. Oh. But I'd probably still eat that again in the morning because I'm sure, you know, it's still good. I'm pretty Absolutely. I'm pretty risky when it comes they to, used to, to food. They sports. They only talk toe cheese now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a great show today, come, guys. Come check us out for the over-unders on how many times they talk about Antonio Brown's feet in the next episode. We uh, we have a lot of dirtball calls today, so shout out to all the dirtballs who left calls. We'll get to those and uh, we'll get to that later in the show. But this is that time of year where we're looking for random sports-related, non-sports-related calls, so we'll get to those. But we're talking Antonio Brown, so we might as well start off with a little... Doritos! Oh, what are we starting off with? <laughs> well, I was going to say a little NFL news. Sure, let's do it. Tom Brady signed a contract extension. Tom Brady, who, uh, if anybody doesn't know, just turned 42. 42. Yeah. They want you to know that he is 42. So he just turned 42. This week. He signed a two-year extension, so... He's got he's got his forty two year old season and his forty three year old season. Is that correct? Correct. So his contract will pay him through twenty twenty one. Actually, that'll be I believe then his almost his forty four year old season. Uh, he'll make twenty three million this year, which only makes him the sixth highest paid quarterback in the league. And uh, it, it's the classic Patriots move of. They're extending his contract, but they're also saving sure. $5.5 million on the cap. Yeah. They know exactly what they're doing with Brady in these contracts, and obviously he does it as Brady well, knows, too. Yeah, Brady knows exactly what he's doing also. It's, it's very much like a Bill Belichick is the GM. This is an organizational strategy. Um, they, they put winning first, yeah. for sure. Tom Brady's made... Plenty of money in his career. He's got plenty of ad advertisers, you know, endorsements on the side. He also knows that the entirety of his legacy is uh, tied to the Patriots winning. So when when other quarterbacks, you know, when Matt Stafford's like, hey, man, I, I don't have a fucking single playoff win to show for my career. I need as much money as possible. That's my legacy is going to be being rich. Not that Tom Brady obviously isn't rich because he's been doing this for, you know, this is this will be taken basically through 20 years in the league. Um, he knows that the he knows that the his whole career is based solely on their their team success. Well, then and, it and, begs and the as question. Many people should be and have been. But well, then it begs the question, Prano. Everybody always wants to give him so much credit. And I'm not trying to knock Brady, but everyone's like, "Oh, he's such a, he's such a team player." He's the goat. That's what people say. He's the greatest of all time. Well, it begs the question. Yeah, he's not being as selfish as he could be, a hundred percent. But he's also a smart guy, like you're saying, who knows. My legacy is tied to this organization. I, I think he's also. I think he's also a smart enough guy and. This is will be something that is debated for eons, forever. Uh, before yeah. and after this, Tom Brady's career on this show, on other shows. Well, how much of this success is Brady's, and how much of this success is the team? And I think 
Brady is a very, very smart guy. I think the I think Brady is successful in the Patriot system because he's so smart. We had Andrew Hawkins on the show talking about how it was like the first offense that he had to like think about playing in because it's such a smart offense. We've talked about how, you know, receivers in that offense uh, thrive by being great route runners and being, you know, it, it all being a timing offense. I think Tom Brady's intelligence goes to the fact that he knows if he is not affordable for that team, that Bill Belichick will move on. That the, the second he becomes more expensive than his value, Bill Belichick will replace him. And honestly, that was the story that came out in the last couple seasons with there being, you know, arguments and whatever going on in the behind the scenes in the yeah. Patriots. It's that he liked Garoppolo. And he's sure. ready to move on to Garoppolo. And he's ready to move on to Garoppolo because he was cheaper. And he's ready to, you know, turn the reins over to him. I think Tom Brady is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. At the same time, I think he is well aware that at any moment, the the, the second his financial value isn't up to his play, that Bill Belichick will put somebody else in there. Yeah. Well, you sent me this tweet. We can throw on the headphones if you want real quick that Chris Carter, you're talking about other shows, said this morning on, uh, <laughs> dude, these show names are just too funny. First things first. Yeah. Is that what this show is called? First things this first? This is a Fox Sports 1 show. Is it he, called First Things First? Yeah, that he does with uh, Nick Carter, who has, uh, is it Nick Carter? Or is that the guy from Backstreet Boys? Yeah, it's the guy from Backstreet Boys. Nick Wright. Nick Wright. Yeah. <laughs> Although I would watch a show with Chris Carter and, and Nick, Nick Carter. Carter, yeah, the Carter, the Carter Square, yeah. Carter and Carter. Wouldn't you like to watch that show? Yeah. Tom Brady, my fire. <laughs> <laughs> that, I think that's us talking pop culture. Yeah, it is. That's <laughs> us. It's a, us. Us. Backstreet Boys, my way reference. Okay, so. Chris Carter and Nick Wright, who has a new fabulous set of hair, by the way. Yeah. The big talk of he's, Well, you know, he's a big LeBron James fan. Yeah. So he's doing the LeBron James where he his his hairline is moving forward. Yeah. The old Jeremy Piven LeBron James move. So this is what Chris Carter had to say about Tom Brady and the whole This is Hall of Fame wide receiver Chris Carter. Yeah. This is not Nick Wright. Oh shit. That's us talking. Let me mute that. A lot going on here. Okay, here we go. This is Chris Carter discussing what he thinks about Tom Brady and his role in the Patriot system. Because I know. I had too many conversations with head coaches, and I know all the great quarterbacks that played the game. I know the effect and lack of effect that they have on the real roster and on winning. I know that it's slanted. You might want to give Brady, you if even if you're being generous, giving him 40%, is giving him too much. Because what Belichick, the mentality, the do your job, that's not Tom Brady. Practicing in the cold, on unpleasant conditions. You think that's Tom Brady? No. It's such Belichick and what they do and how the front office operates. It's so much Belichick. To me, I'm going to say it's 70-30. Belichick with the 70, Brady with the 30. So, Carter says 70-30, like success of the Patriots, uh, Belichick to Brady. And if you go under that tweet, 
it's just Patriots fans losing their mind, which I, I think is always really funny to me because Bill Belichick is also a Patriot. You know what I mean? He's more of a Patriot. He's been there longer. Yeah, He's coached do, more games. It's do, like uh, the the reason that, you know, they're, they're, they're so ready to make it all Brady and not Belichick it's it's like why is I, that? I don't know. I don't know. Why it's do like, Patriots fans? That's a great question. Patriots fans, why do you get so defensive when people want to give credit and say Bill Belichick coach. is the greatest coach of all time, and he is the reason? Because as a Giants fan, I want to give credit to Bill Belichick for what happened in '86 and what happened in '90. I want to give credit to Bill Parcells having Bill Belichick on his staff. Nobody, no Giants fans are like, oh, it's, it was 50-50 Sims and Parcells. It's like, get AIDS. That's not like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, and the proof of it, and by the way, Bill Belichick, Giants defense coordinator for those two Super Bowls, Bill Belichick from the Parcells system, a, 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 you know, we, a, we as Giants fans have much respect and much history with Bill Belichick. It, it is exactly proof of the Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells coaching system, the whole deal that Phil Simms got hurt and Jeff Hostetler came in and game managed them to another Super Bowl with the same defense and the same coaching team. It's like just because uh, Brady and the Patriots haven't been put in that specific situation doesn't mean it wouldn't happen because, again, Matt Castle won 11 games and Brady came back and won 10 the next year. Drew Bledsoe took over for uh, Brady in a playoff game. They they won the game. Like this, we have seen it before. The you know Jody Brissett, Jacoby Brissett, whatever the fuck his name is. The Garoppolo, the record of those guys when Tom Brady was out. Like we've seen it before. Well, and look, we've talked about it before. We've talked about it at length. There's no point in going too far down this. The facts are the facts. The Patriots are 14 and six. Without Brady. But no Super Bowls! You, you know, we'll never know. That's what I'll just leave it at that. We'll never know. You know, you know I, I, I went down this dark hole with the dirt ball and DMs recently on the Aaron Rodgers versus Brady. And he kept bringing up the Patriots record before Brady with Belichick under Bledsoe and Testaverde. And again... First of all, Testaverde was the quarterback, his quarterback with the Browns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... But but that's my point of different quarterbacks and Brady fits the Brady could not to to answer that Brady could not fit this system better it, exactly Brady and is the perfect quarterback for the Patriots scheme it, exactly and that is the the difference between Bledsoe versus Brady it's like just because Bledsoe is a good quarterback and just because Bill Belichick is a good coach doesn't mean their systems fit each other. Bledsoe was on his way to a Hall of Fame career. And more of a gunslinger. But, yeah, deep ball guy. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Bill Parcells went to a Super Bowl with Drew Bledsoe. Um, but this whole system has been built around the timing routes. This whole system has been built around game managing, yeah, if you will. Mistake-free football. Drew Bledsoe, big arm. Lots of passing yards. With that often comes lots of turnovers. That's just part of the yeah. deal. And that was not Belichick's system. Yeah. And Belichick went with the more. And and it's the comparison, the Joe Montana, Bill Walsh, 
West Coast offense, quick strike, game manage, don't turn the ball over, play good defense. Like that's a totally different style than let's have a shootout. And also, let's not judge Bill Belichick's coaching career for what he was able to do taking over the dumpster fire Browns, turning them into a fucking playoff team and then leaving. Like you're you're looking at a guy who took over two franchises and took them from shit to great and now you're judging him on the years where they were shit. It's like that's actually part of how great he is. He took over bad teams and made them good. Yeah. No, I agree. And again, uh, look, this argument will never end, and people disagree. You know, we're playing a clip from Chris Carter. I know another guy I love, Deion Sanders, would disagree with that. I know Deion is a huge advocate of Brady as the GOAT, and he says that all the time in the NFL Network. So we're just not going to always agree on this. Like you said, this argument will be happening I, I've always, forever. I've said before, there, you, there is no arguing with Brady is the GOAT in terms of a legacy, in terms of what he's been able to accomplish in the league. It's just yeah. a matter of where and when he was able to accomplish it. And, and you know, the, the idea that could you replace somebody in that system and they have not the same amount of success, but similar success. Yeah. And then, of course, the question of replacing, you know, Filling in Matt Castle, that's one thing. Filling in Brissett, that's one thing. Filling in, you know, Bledsoe in a playoff game, that's something. Whatever, Garoppolo. The the question that is always, you know, that we'll never have answer to, because we've seen what it is when you fill in guys that go on to other teams and become backups, okay, uh, is when if you were to fill in the great quarterbacks of all time into that system, how would that have worked if you had put a Peyton Manning in there? That's, you know, that's the, the ultimate question. That's the question that we'll never have answers to. But when you you talk what Chris Carter's doing, and that's why I agree with Car- Chris Carter, I lean toward a 70-30. I lean toward a 75-25 because just look at Bill Belichick. What, you know, people always go, look at Bill Belichick without Brady. How about look at Brady without Bill Belichick? He's splitting time with Drew Henson. He's drafted in the sixth round. Where was the GOAT in college? Why wasn't he a Heisman Trophy winner? Why wasn't he starting as a senior? Everybody wants to talk about, oh, Belichick before Brady. What about Brady before Belichick? Literal nobody. Literal nobody. Uh, Splitting time at the University of Michigan. A lot of quarterbacks that are not the GOAT were able to start at Michigan. Chad Henney, Brian Greasy. Yeah. Well, maybe we will get to see how they fare without him. I saw a stat that no QB has ever started 16 games at his age, 42. So maybe he gets injured and they have to play Brian Hoyer in the playoffs. Maybe, Who knows? May, yeah, maybe he does. and Or maybe Bill Belichick keeps doing what Bill Belichick does, which is not only putting together a great team because – his quarterback knows his value and leaves money on the table, but runs a system where his quarterback doesn't get hit. Yeah. He got hit a lot last year, though. A lot, but still not a lot in comparison to, you know, a lot of other teams with poor poor offensive line or poor coaching or well, a lot guys of, who hold the ball too long. A lot of times they talk about, you know, Brady's health and his, you know, dietitian and everything he eats. 
I have an insider within the Brady camp that has told me one of the things that keeps Tom Brady in such fine physical shape is that he takes cheers after a night of a few drinks. Have you heard about this? I have. Yeah, I have. I've heard that. I've heard that he also limits his uh, carb intake and his sugar. So he's he's basically on the, the cheers and White Claw diet. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It's a combo of White Claw and cheers. As Joe drinks his White Claw now. now I've already taken cheers this morning, by the way. I was going to say, so you already had cheers this morning. Yeah. Cheers, as we know, will help alleviate any sort of feelings you might have of grogginess the next day. Yep. So, Dirtballs, I have a great deal for everybody listening right now. For a limited time, our friends at Cheers are giving Dirty Sports listeners a chance to try this amazing product called Cheers Restore for free. That's right, guys. F-R-E-E. Big ol' free. To take advantage of the offer, simply go to takecheers.com forward slash dirty. You just take a 30-second quiz. Now, I know a lot of Dirtballs have done this. You pay $1 for shipping, and you get your four-dose sample bottle. will be on its way with a free gift. I believe that's a couple koozies. So, once again, that's takecheers.com forward slash dirty to get your first four doses of Cheers Restore for just $1. Cheers. It's the best thing to happen to alcohol since alcohol. And uh, again, I will send koozies out to anybody that uses Cheers and sends a screenshot. Guys, it's $1 for shipping. Pretty good. Why would you not take it? I know a lot of you guys are here. Order it. Get your koozies from Ruther. Take your alcohol. Put it in the koozie. Drink it. Take cheers. Feel great. And they also send you a couple koozies. Yeah. Awesome. It's a koozie bonanza. And I don't know why you... Bonanza. I don't know why you wouldn't take this, especially if you're going to be hitting the sauce hard this summer. 30 seconds. Quick quiz. Do it. All right. That's our NFL discussion for the day. Okay. We're going to move right along here, Joe Prano. We're going to move along to a topic that you and I have decided to take up a torch and battle the trolls... The non-baseball fans who act like they're fans. The net saga will never end. No, it will never end. Uh, I mean, it'll it'll die down, but uh, it will never end. And proof of how the net saga will now shift from being a, just a distraction to people uh, at the ballpark is something that I have said from the beginning as one of the downsides is how it will affect the game. And it is now beginning to affect the game. We we're act- now seeing it affect the game. We saw this. You we were saw at- this live. We were watching the Mets-White Sox game. You and Laz were about to record a new Dirty Slides. Which is now available on iTunes and all places podcasts are available. Good plug. He runs. Jeff McNeil, Mets. Mets leadoff hitter and uh, league leading batting average in the in the MLB batting average race, the Flying Squirrel as he's known. Was this right field where he jumped? He was in? right field, yeah. And he and he leaps into the net, yeah, to make a catch. He 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 basically runs. You know, he tracks a ball. It's a foul ball. He runs. You know, full. Uh, fly ball sprint, like he's tracking a fly ball. He's not running head down, but he's he's running as fast as he can to get to uh, catch a foul ball. And what was incredible to me about the play as a Mets fan is that this is 
a, a smart baseball play because he is clearly and Jeff McNeil, by the way, not the world's greatest athlete, but like he's definitely a fucking smart baseball player. He's leading the league in hitting. He's always bunting. He's always fucking slapping the ball through a hole of the shift. He's a he's a gamer. Yeah. This is a guy who has gotten by on having incredible ability, but also being a fucking smart dude who sure. gets it. He he hits without a bat with a a bat. Uh, a bat that doesn't have a knob on it. Like, he's a wild fucking story. Um, this is something that he clearly thought about pregame. Like, he knows where the wall is. He knows that the net is there. He knows it's a low wall because you're not going to run full speed at a wall that's six feet tall. Let me let me put it on the big screen. Yeah. This is this is the play. You're not going to run at a, at a wall there that's six feet tall because you're not going to run full speed into a, into a wall. At the you're not going to run – he's not going to do this in San Francisco or in Chicago where that wall is brick. He knows exactly the situation down the line, which is a low wall that he can jump over with a net above it that can break any sort of fall or dive or, in his case, flying, squirrel, twisting leap into the stands. At the time, it's a very tight game. The Mets are currently leading 1-0. Correct. Bottom of the fifth, and this is the play. Full leap into makes a catch, makes the catch literally at the wall, at it. His his arm yeah. is reaching Bull. in, goes all the way into the front row. Low wall jumps the wall. Actually uses his leg. If you watch in slow motion, uses his one leg to no joke eject himself off the top of the wall. As he's ejecting himself off the top of the wall, turns his body in the air so as to use. It's like he fell off a trapeze, and he's using the net to catch himself. He didn't go head in. Yeah. He had the ability to catch a wall within inches, to catch a ball within inches of the wall slash net and twist his body. He didn't catch the ball 30 feet from the wall and then have his momentum take him over like Derek Jeter only to fall over the wall and, like, cut his eye. And then it was like, what a great play. Great play that this athlete can't stop himself from 40 yards away from falling into the stands. Yeah. This play, and by the way, I'm a Mets fan, so of course I'm happy he makes the catch, but he only makes the catch because there's a net there. He only approaches the wall at that speed because there's a net there and a low wall, and he only makes... Th so here's the thing. Jeff McNeil, as, a, as an outfielder, has to go that speed to catch that ball. He has to – if he slows up, he doesn't catch it. Does Andrew Jones catch it in his prime? Yeah, maybe he's standing under it. Does Ken Griffey Jr. catch it in his prime? Yeah, maybe he's sitting in a fucking, you know, beach chair drinking a pina colada when that ball comes down. Jeff McNeil had to go at that speed to catch that ball. Okay? The only reason he catches that ball is because he never breaks his stride the entire run. And the reason he never breaks his stride is because there's a low wall, which he's not going to run dead into, and there's a net, which he can eject himself off to and twist his body. As a Mets fan, I'm so glad that there's a low wall there and a net, and Jeff McNeil is one of the smartest baseball players I've ever seen and can put all these things together in full time, in full speed baseball time, and make this play. 
as a White Sox fan, I'm like, fuck this motherfucking net. There's no way he makes this. And the reason is, here's the argument. Well, couldn't he have just made that same play without a net? Yes, he could have. Of course he could have. He also would have had to take into consideration as a smart baseball player, I'm going to jump a low wall at, you know, 85% speed and go into the stands. I'm an all-star for this team and the, the league's leading hitter. Is that something that anybody wants me to do or is in the best interest of anybody? No. That's the equivalent of throwing the ball away when the, uh, a pass rush is coming or fucking, you know, doing it. He would never, and, and in fact, this is what I put out to a couple of our douche listeners that replied, show me a player in history that's ever done it. There's no video example of it in the history of televised baseball where a player goes full speed at a wall and then voluntarily dives into the stands, dives, ejects themselves, jumps in the air. Now you see the players go full speed and hit the wall and they fall over the wall. You, I've even seen a video clip from that somebody sent me from that very stadium of Alex Gordon, again, a gold glove outfielder, not Jeff McNeil, going to that low wall, getting there and, and almost diving over because it's a short wall that hits a mid-leg. But in the history of the game of televised baseball, no one has gone full speed at the wall, met the wall, and ejected their body into the air so as to say, let's make this even more dangerous for me. I'm not going to let the wall slow me down by hitting me in the legs. I'm not going to let the wall slow me down by hitting my shoulder. I'm not going to twist into it. I'm not going to fall in. I'm not going to like let the fans catch me. I'm going to leap like a, like a basketball player leaps into the crowd to save a ball from going out of bounds. He made a conscious decision to actually increase his danger by diving in. Why did he do that? He did that because there was a net to catch him, and he's smart enough to know that. Jeff McNeil absolutely does not make that play without that net there. And here's the thing. I don't want him to. If that net's not there, I don't want him to make that play. Yes, one nothing game. That ball goes foul. Does that guy get another opportunity? Does he maybe hit a home run? And then it's 1-1, and this is a totally different ballgame. Yes, absolutely. But this isn't the playoffs. This isn't the World Series. This is a regular season 162 game. I don't want the league's leading hitter launching himself into the crowd for a foul ball in an August baseball game. Well, I guess then the bigger discussion that we're approaching is and we haven't seen this until this play, is now not only are the Nets a hindrance for fans, for kids to get autographs, to get balls, all that stuff we've covered, the Nets now have created a new way to get people out that we've never seen in the history of baseball. My problem with the Net isn't just the out. It's that the Net is going to affect the play one way or the other. If that ball had been a high pop-up where Jeff McNeil or a more athletic outfielder was camped under it and it's, he, he catches it with the net four inches from his glove. Yeah. So let's say he's camped under it 
and this is going to be the easiest play in the world. Yes, it's going to be in the stands, but it's only going to be in the stands by an inch, and I'll just lean over and catch it so casually. And it grazes that net. It's now a foul ball. So it's going to affect foul balls that would otherwise be caught, and in this situation, it's affecting foul balls that would never be caught by a player of Jeff McNeil's caliber and athletic ability unless that net was there, and that's the problem. Look, are there changes to the game throughout the years that affect this? Of course, it used to be when those big multi-purpose stadiums like you, you guys used to have in Cincinnati and we used to have in New York, the Shays, the Riverfronts, the all those. Vet. The Vet. There would be tons of foul territory. Yeah. Now with these retro ballparks, they're making the foul territory tighter so that you're closer to the game. And that's why they're having to put these nets up. Because now these people are in danger because they're so close to the thing. San Francisco has their bullpens down the line. So there's just fucking, there's just humps in the ground. Play, stadiums that are outdoors that don't have a roof have tarps rolled up against the wall. Stadiums that are indoors don't. There's always going to be something. But the idea that on the fly, mid-season and going forward, Players not as smart as Jeff McNeil have to deal with the fact that there is a net down the line is going to affect the game. And to me, why are we doing something to affect the game that really doesn't benefit us? That happened so far down the right field line. There has to be math that shows at a certain point you're not like how fucking not paying attention do you have to be to get hit with a ball if you're in the right field corner. Yeah, well, they're pushing this whole narrative because I saw on ESPN yesterday, one of the headlines was that a woman at a Rangers game left the game after being hit by a foul ball and went to the hospital. Like, that's the headline. You click on the story, she was hit by a foul ball, left on her own accord. So my point is this. They're pushing this narrative of, like, Foul ball hits woman. She has to go to the hospital. Then when you read the actual story, she did that for a precaution, walked out on her own two legs. So people just see the headline and think, oh, we need nets. This is happening left and right. This, They're pushing this narrative. This is a base. This is not even baseball. This is a sports rule trend where some headline news draws the attention to some aspect of the game, then they make a change to the game that does not solve the problem. This is kickoffs in football. We're going to move kickoffs forward. Now teams are kicking it shorter, and actually there's more runbacks, and guys have less time to protect themselves. So there's more kickoff returns instead of less kickoff returns. This is the exact same thing. The headline is, one kid gets hit. Let's make an adjustment. And now what you're doing is, oh, kids can sit down the lines again. But they don't want to because they can't get autographs anymore. And people who spend, adults who spend thousands of dollars on season tickets behind dugouts and down the first baseline so that they can have un blocked access to their favorite player right in front of them now have blocked access. This is going to affect the bottom line financially negatively. But they're making an adjustment because they think it'll affect the bottom line positively. They don't want people not sitting down the lines. No one 
was not sitting there. We weren't seeing empty seats because people were living in fear of foul balls. Yeah. We're going to see those prices have to come down because just like in Chicago when you're by a pole or in Fenway while you're by a pole, this is now an obstructed view seat. Obstructed view seats cost less. These are going to have to cost less. So now it's a doing, a, doing the math on is it cost effective or not. But here's the thing to go back to this specific play. This play 100% doesn't happen with the player who made it in the stadium he made it without that net there because he consciously makes a decision to go full speed, catch the ball, launch himself into the crowd, twist and use it as a trapeze net. He fully did. And if you look up, if you put Jeff McNeil and Net into Twitter, every headline story from every major sports news outlet says, use his net, use his net, use his new net rule. Use it. He used the net. If you're arguing that he, this player, makes this play without the net, you're a fucking idiot. You know nothing about baseball. Show me visual evidence of any other player in history of televised baseball consciously ejecting themselves into the stand. Don't show me Jarek Jeter 15 steps away from the thing falling over the railing. Don't show me anybody falling over a railing. Don't show me anybody leaning over a railing. Don't show me anybody hitting a railing. Show me somebody getting to a railing, going full speed, using their leg to launch them higher and faster into the air, into the crowd. Show me it ever, ever in the history of televised baseball, and I'll fucking send you a koozie or something. But there is no example because it's never happened before. It doesn't happen. It happens in basketball games courtside. It doesn't happen in baseball. Guys do not eject themselves into the stands because it will kill you. This segment brought to you by... White Claw. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Well, tickets will go down, guys, because of obstruction of... I wanted to say justice. Basically. Basically obstruction of justice. It's a legal term here. That, that, that Chicago White Sox player thinks that his justice was obstructed. And here's the other thing. Yes, that play was dope as shit. And we will have more highlight plays. Just like leaning over a tarp is dope as shit. Just like the guy who falls on the San Francisco Giants bullpen mound and gets back up and still makes a play or catches the ball laying on his ass is a dope play. Doesn't mean there should be bullpens down the line. Get a fucking grip, San Francisco. Put those bullpens somewhere else. Yeah. Well, Dirtballs, we're headed to Amarillo. Dude, we leave next Friday. Just around the corner. If you, Fry, yay. If you guys want to join us, slide into my DMs. I got to put together a whole list for Nick Yardley. We need to know exactly how many dirtball tickets we need for the Saw Poodles game, which is Saturday night, which is, what's the date on that? What is next Saturday? 17th. The 17th? All right. August 17th. And also, we will be headed to games in Arlington, and also Houston, so Rangers and Astros, and we'll be getting those tickets on SeatGeek. I will open my SeatGeek app. I will see what the net situation is in those ballparks because SeatGeek can show you exactly your field and seat view. I refuse to sit behind the net. Yeah. I refuse. So we're not going to be sitting behind the nets. I'd rather sit in the second deck. Yeah, I agree. I'd rather sit in the outfield. Yeah. I refuse to sit behind the net. 
your experience in San Francisco was very sour. Look, those are fucking amazing seats. Yeah. Okay? And honestly, sitting in the front row behind the net is one thing. Sitting in the second row behind the net, totally other experience. But when I have the choice, I do not want to sit behind the net. Yeah. Well, guys, download the SeatGeek app. It's by far the fastest and easiest way to find tickets. And again, we're going to use it for the Astros and Rangers game coming up in the next couple weeks. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off on your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. Okay, I don't want to continue talking about this. We're going to talk about it for a split uh, second because I feel like we keep bringing it up. Fucking Carmelo did his whole, I don't even know what you want to call it, like his plea for a team yeah. last week on ESPN. And I just don't know what else there is to say about Carmelo. It's pretty simple, right? He can't accept being a role player. He can't accept coming off the bench. That's why no one has signed him. We've both agreed. He also, the entire the the game of basketball has passed him by thoroughly. He refuses to shoot spot up threes. He refuses to play an inside outside game where it's three or layup because honestly, the mid range game has been proven factually, mathematically, as the dumbest thing that you can do in basketball. I understand that Michael Jordan won a championship multiple playing the mid-range game, that Kobe Bryant won multiple championships playing the mid-range game. That, to me, honestly, is part of the argument against those guys in my GOAT conversation and also why the game of basketball today is greater than it's ever been because statistically, mathematically, and honestly, from an excitement standpoint, it's better to go to the rack or take a three. Carmelo Anthony's entire game is fucking off the dribble in the mid-range, which is borderline insanity to ever take that shot. But it's like Melo even knows himself. Because he went on uh, first take. Not first things first. First take. First take. Because he's going to talk to Stephen A. Smith. Which is Stephen A. Smith's show. He says, I feel like I can still play. I know I can still play. My peers know I can still play. It's like he knows. Then listen to this next quote. I don't think it's about basketball anymore. I think it's about me as a person willing to accept certain roles on basketball teams. Ding, ding, ding. No shit. But it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like you've been able to do that, dude. It, but it, again, I'm going to say it is both of those things because it 100% is about him accepting a certain role in terms of how much he plays, does he start, does he not start. But it's also about basketball. He has not changed his game to fit the way the league has changed since he came into it. So it's not just about his attitude, and it's not just about his minutes, and it's not just about accepting its role. His role also from a basketball standpoint has never changed. And that you're a mid-range player that doesn't play defense and refuses to rebound. And you're essentially a power forward in today's NBA. So you're not rebounding, poor shooting, ISO only, power forward. It's 
ludicrous. You have no... Everybody else has made the adjustment. Well, here's what he needs to do if he wants to play. And by the way, there is a role... Doesn't he need to just, just become a... Like a set-up three-point shooter. Right. A catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. Off the bench. A, a catch-and-shoot or go all the way to the basket three-point shooter. A Ray Allen... Dude, just be fucking Miami Heat. No, no, Come no, no, no. Just be fucking. Uh, just be what's his name? Who's the white dude that was on uh, uh, Orlando forever, and then the Rockets? Anderson. Just be a guy who's gonna go out there, shoot the three when you're open. Otherwise, if you get a bad matchup, take a guy all the way to the basket. Try give some effort on defense. Try to rebound. That's it. You have to be a guy now. Like, look at what Brooke Lopez has become. Be a power forward version, small power forward version of Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez will take you down low if he has a terrible matchup on you. He'll also shoot the three. But how many times in a game does Brooke Lopez dribble the basketball? Yeah. Carmelo Anthony, stop dribbling the basketball. Stop playing mid-range game. Stop playing ISO. B, shoot the three. Take guys off the dribble when you have a bad matchup. All the way to the basket. And this idea that... High Car- percentage two-point shots or threes. This this notion that he's getting blackballed is hilarious to me. He's not getting blackballed. If every team in the NBA doesn't want him, it's not because he's getting blackballed for a off-the-court reason. He's getting blackballed because clearly nobody wants him. Right. Plain and simple. It and it's not it's not the same as like no one wants the drama. No it's like you have to then fit him in. He doesn't fit people's system. He if, doesn't fit he doesn't fit the NBA system today. If LeBron really wanted him that badly, he'd be playing on the Lakers. And honestly, I'm hoping that LeBron doesn't stupidly make that decision to take him and go, hey, man, this is what you have to be because he's never shown the ability to make that. And honestly, from that standpoint, it's hard to blame him because he's so aggressively that guy that how do you just become like a spot-shooting three-pointer when this is you from birth Till the day you left the NBA, you've only played one style. How do you do it in your 15th season? Like, it, it, it might not be reasonable. And the problem with Carmelo Anthony is that he didn't try to change in year seven and year eight. Like, for example, you know when the perfect time to change would have been? When he was on Mike D'Antoni's New York Knicks team. Before the – he was on the team that was doing it before the entire NBA caught up. He was in the locker room where the the current NBA model was being birthed, and he couldn't do it. Birthed, I, I believe, is the technical term. What do, what do you guys think about this? This article came out from uh, CBS Sports uh, just three hours ago and is ranking all 30 teams for where Anthony fits best. And I'll read you guys one through five. But uh, one is the Raptors. Two is the Magic. Uh, three, 76ers. Four is the Mavericks, and five is the Wizards. I don't know if you think he fits any of those uh, teams, but like I, I don't. I guess maybe he fits Toronto because he's some like budget 
Kawhi replacement. Kawhi's a two-point mid-range kind of guy. Takes care of, but Kawhi way better and way smarter in his decisions for shooting threes. Also, Kawhi Leonard is one of the great wing defenders of all time. Carmelo Anthony is the Derek Jeter of the wing defenders. He's probably has the worst five seasons in the history of basketball. Uh, so terrible. Orlando Magic. Why? Yeah, he fits there because they're not good, but and they don't have much of a personality. But like, if you're the Orlando Magic and you're young and you're trying to build something, why would you ever bring in somebody that could ruin that? The Orlando Magic, or sorry, the Dallas Mavericks with Perzingis and Luca. The idea that you would ever want to have a mid-range guy in there to fuck with those. The, the ability of those guys to play inside out, both of them, is ludicrous. I wouldn't, if I was the Dallas Mavericks, I would rather murder guys on our roster that we're paying than, than have Carmelo Anthony take one of their spots. Who else? Uh, the Sixers. Uh, the Sixers are trying to, like, I can't even, I don't even understand. Talking about a team that has a, offensive personality issue because they have a, a point guard who can't shoot. Uh, Embiid, dude, Embiid is a better outside player than Carmelo Anthony. Your center can't be a better three-point shooter than your fucking three. And the, who's the fifth one? Oh, sorry. The, fifth oh, the Washington one? Wizards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Wizard, Wizards. Go play with the Wizards. That is the number one and probably only location in basketball that's suitable for Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, they, actually the article says... Uh, well, he's they from just, Baltimore, right? Is yeah. Melo from Baltimore? Yeah. They said the Wizards signed Isaiah Thomas, so they've already waved the white flag defensively. Yeah. So might as well lean into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah go back to uh, the Maryland, D.C. area. Yeah. Go join Ray Lewis. Yeah. What, what what's Ray Lewis pushing again? Mamagbuga? Yeah. Make make Baltimore slightly above average again? Yeah. Mambasa? Mambasa. If somebody wanted Carmelo, he would have been signed by now. Sure. It, I, unless he's turning down. But that would have been out there. Yeah. So once again, if somebody wanted him, he'd be signed. I, I just don't know what else there is it, to say. In the NBA, you know, there's two distinct classes, and there's really only a couple of teams that don't fall into the we're trying to contend, which if you are trying to contend, there's no reason to have Carmelo Anthony on your team. Or we're trying to rebuild and be young. And there's abs, and there's even less reason to have Carmelo Anthony on your team because why would you want to bring in a guy that young players are going to look up to because you know he's a borderline NBA Hall of Famer and he you know they grew up watching him and whatever who plays the absolute wrong way that you want your young guys to play yeah so you're never ever ever going to want Carmelo Anthony on a team that's rebuilding. Because he's it's he's just like a bad habit machine, and you don't want him on a team that contends because he doesn't play the way that is going to help any team be more of a contender. So only a team like the Wizards is he even somewhat reasonable an idea to sign. Yeah, because they have John Wall and they're spending all this money and they're not contending. But like, I guess you got to sell tickets or whatever. I don't know. Maybe 
maybe Carmelo Anthony helps a team that's borderline become a team that needs to rebuild. Maybe you bring in Carmelo Anthony because you can't tank anymore, but he'll help you tank without tanking. Turn the team over to Carmelo Anthony. Let's get the number one overall pick. Does this all go back to his stop snitching video? Remember the stop snitching video? Yeah. Yeah. When was that made? Who knows? 15 years ago? It's a fucking deleted scenes from The Wire. <laughs> Him and Bodie on a fucking couch. Stop snitching. What was that? Like a DVD that was like just out in the hood? Yeah. And he made a cameo on it back when he had his cornrows? Yep. Stop snitching. We got lots of calls, man. Great. I, so, I put the call for call. Pull a call out for calls. So Send out the dirtball signal. This is what I want to – before we get to the calls, are we going to play all these? We have like 10-plus calls. Calls I see are still coming in. Well, what uh, – how far into the show are we? We're only about an hour into the show. Almost an hour into the show. I don't know. Let's go uh, – Let's go until we don't. Let's go until we can't go no more. All right, let's throw on the headphones. We're gonna do an extended. Derp- we also like you know. I know we'll have uh, we'll have hard knocks to talk next next episode, which I know you love doing full hard knocks reviews. I love hard knocks, but uh, I was but thinking it, it's, of, not, it's not like we're not gonna be struggling for material until like September fifth when the NFL kicks off or whatever. What if we did? Uh, I guess that'd be too hard, right? Because then we couldn't pay attention enough. If we did a live YouTube during a hard knocks. Yeah, hard because you can't listen. Yeah. Whereas the games, we don't really have to hear what they're saying. We could do like an immediate in real time hard knocks wrap up show. Ooh. I feel like Aaron should host that considering he's the he's got his Derek Carr jersey on. Yo fool. Can we just have intern Aaron do Hard Knocks wrap-ups? You you guys both being like low-key Raiders, high-key Raiders fan, low-key Raiders fans. What are you talking about? You're a total low-key Raiders fan. I'm a Derek Carr fan, and I'm, I'm kind of a Gruden fan. I used to root for the Raiders back in the day because they had my boy Rocket Ishmael back in the and, – and my boy Tim Brown. But I don't know if I'm a low-key Raiders fan. Aaron bought a Richie Incognito jersey. I I feel you. I feel like you pulled the trigger too quickly, Aaron. You should have waited till we had a Raiders Richie Incognito jersey. That's a those will cost more. Yeah, exactly. They'll cost more. I found the deal and how I much? Just, how I much? Had to send it. How much did that uh, that Dolphins one cost? Dude, I think it was it was like twenty something bucks. <laughs> it was a great deal for a for a fully stitched jersey. I was like, oh yeah, I got to do it. How, what percentage of a samurai sword could he have bought with that $20 <laughs> to chop off his dad's head at a funeral home? That's the question. Like, how, like what do samurai swords cost, and how much would that go towards a samurai? Samurai sword's at least a couple hundred bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. they, they got to yeah, be expensive. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get, let's to, uh, let's get to the dirtball calls. Calls, yeah. dirt balls, dirt ball calls, dirt balls, dirt ball calls. We got the dirt balls, dirt ball calls. Okay, I'm just gonna start mowing through these. These are sports and non-sports related, which is what yeah. I requested. So, yeah, uh, maybe some pop culture. Yeah. All right, let's start here with Peyton Stolp. 
up, boys? Peyton calling from Omaha, Nebraska. Um, my question is, if you guys could start in a remake of any TV show, what TV show would it be and who would you play? All right, boys, stay dirty, and condoms are always for the Raiders. Um, I have a feeling Prano's going to have one off the fucking Well, there's a, so there's a couple ways to handle this. First of all, I mean, my life goal was to do Magnum P.I., but they fucking pissed on that dream by making it a hairless Mexican man. Um, so that that would have obviously been my answer forever. So that one, I you could take that as my answer or not, but that's out. I, I, I kind of want to say, like, cheers. There's a little Sam Malone cheers action, like a mustachioed Sam Malone. But then, of course, cheers is so goddamn good that, like, you don't want to remake it. What do you got? Maybe I'll come back with like a, a final answer. Come on. Andy Ruther and Three's Company living with two chicks. Yeah. Come on. That's perfect. Has to, has to play pretend he's gay the whole time. Oh, oh you're going to play Jack? I thought you were going to be Mr. Furley. Yeah, I'm playing Jack, you <laughs> asshole. I'm, that's why I'm giving you that look. Come on. Me living with two girls? This is perfect. Yeah. I could be Larry coming up, coming down from upstairs. I think it'd be a good role for me. Aaron? Uh, only that comes to mind that I can think of that I grew up on is uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Okay. <laughs> no idea who I'd play in that. But, uh, <laughs> you play Jeffrey. Je I was just yeah, saying yeah, Jeffrey. Yeah, I Jeffrey. <laughs> I'd be okay you, with that. You'd be, the the or, intern. Yeah, or just one of the kids on the basketball team. Jeffrey. <laughs> gets shit on all the time, but yeah. Wait, one of the kids in the back? What are you talking about? Like, you know, the, they have the the basketball team at the prep school that Will Smith just, like, shits on all of them every game. Yeah, but th they don't have that many episodes with the basketball team. I mean, I'd just be a small cameo I'm going to call Aaron out. Aaron, how many episodes of Fresh Prince have you actually seen? All of them. Bullshit. I swear. I used to record all of them on my uh, DVR. Okay, okay. Start naming some, some good cameos of people that are on the show. Oh, Comedian-wise. I don't think I realized at the time if they were comedians. Brandon, do you know some of them? The com comedians that were on Fresh Prince? Yeah. No, I have no idea. Do you remember D.L. Hughley No, I don't remember. You don't remember D.L.? I know, and I watched a lot of Fresh Prince, but I probably just didn't remember him, you know, after the fact. He was, like, young. Yeah, I believe might, that. I don't know if it was more than one episode or a couple episodes. Okay. By the way, I got my answer. I'm gonna, I, I got my answer. I, I think this is actually a great modern-day remake. What? Charles in Charge. Think about this. You got, like... The male nanny taking oh, care of the house. Bro, this is my old job. But he's now, like, because he was the live-in, now he's got to deal with all kinds of millennial shit. Like, one of the girls sends nudes to her boyfriend, and they get leaked in school, and he's got to, like, go into school and, like, take the phones from all the boys and delete all the nudes. And, uh, you know, one of the kids comes home drunk on White Claws. Just, like, real, Charles and Charles with, like, some millennial issues. I'm gonna hop into the YouTube comment section real quick. I like this one. I like I like where you're going with that. Stango Ruther should play Balky in Perfect Strangers. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Perfect Strangers, dude. 80s and 90s sitcoms were where it's at. Yeah, totally. Agreed. For sure. Like compared to today. Like the show. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I've said it on the show. Cheers is on Netflix. Like if you if you're too young. Go back. It doesn't get better. I'm just saying the shows nowadays like this is us. What's gonna happen in this serious episode with a morbidly obese chick and her husband? I don't watch the show. I just see the the actual uh, you know 
the teasers. Yeah. I don't want to watch that. I want to watch a show about a foreign dude that's living with another dude. Wasn't that the premise of Perfect Strangers? Yeah. I think they were cousins. Balky. Cousin Balky showed up one day. That's a great dog name, Balky. Balky Bartokamus? <laughs> I'm going to name my dog. Balky Bartokamus, sit. I'm going to name my dog Balky. Okay. Should I just, I'm going to start mowing through these. Let's I, go. I, I, I'm not even going to look. Some of these I haven't even listened to. All right. Let's just go. Joe, Andy, your number one farmer dirtball, Jay, from Minnesota. I'm out here hauling some cow shit. Um, I have a cow shit all on time. Conspiracy theory for you. Brett Favre, I think he was a double agent in 2009 with the Vikings. That fucking throw he had across his body, that good old boy, copper wit fit wearing dick pick sending son of a bitch. I think he was still on payroll for the Packers, and his goal was to fuck us in the most terrible way possible. Because they're diabolical like that over in Wisconsin. Um, that's what I'm thinking on that. Let me know. Is that too far-fetched? You know, he doesn't hear he had a ring. He just will get one last laugh on the Vikings. Also, am I a scumbag? I've kind of given up on the Vikings. I'm now a Colts fan. And in basketball, the Timberwolves are just so incompetent that I've become a just follow LeBron all over and root for him guy. Uh, is that a scumbag move or not? It's, I don't know. Minnesota sports is like going back to your girlfriend that keeps giving you gonorrhea because he's cheating on you. So, uh, yeah, stay dirty, and uh, see you later, boys. It's so much going on there. Yeah. First of all, Brett Favre, no. This, is, this might be. Hey, the, was, there, was there a play in the history of Brett Favre that was, like, more Brett Favre-ish than, like, yeah. I'm just going to throw across my body yeah. across the field. Yeah. yeah. Also, I don't think Brett Favre gives a single fuck about the Packers or Wisconsin or Packers fans. He's from fucking wherever the fuck he's from, Mississippi, Mississippi. or whatever. He, I, he like he's never seemed to give a shit. I think he was, tr- if anything, he was trying to win a Super Bowl to be like fuck you to Green Bay. I not only did I do it, I did it with a division rival. I think he specifically signed with them after the Jets because he wanted to fuck the Packers over. So I think the double agent thing is a terrible take. <laughs> Honestly, one but, of the, one of pro- the worst prob- takes, in but dirty probably sports a joke. I don't know how you give up on the Vikings. I know they're terrible. Like. In, like historically they've never won a Super Bowl on there like it's got to be rough to watch but like they've come so close and they've had so many good teams and they've got you know they've got a good team right now they just have a quarterback issue I don't know how you give up on them now and the Timberwolves look that the NBA has has become players chasing their friends around the league and people chasing their players around the league so like whatever I'm not the kind of guy who you know is giving up on the goddamn dumpster fire New York Knicks. So, who am I to say? But I guess if you want to be a LeBron fan, be a LeBron fan. I mean, the Vikings at least try. Like, how are you going to give up on the Vikings, man? Yeah. Because there's going to be so much. Like, the Timberwolves is one thing, but, like, there's going to be so much pleasure for the Vikings fans when they do it. Yeah. When they actually. It's going to get- be like the Eagles fans. It's going to be like, oh, he's he's hauling cow shit. You'll be eating cow shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this next call, I uh, I think this is a good one. Let's get to it. What's going on, guys? Weird idea I had while driving from work. I know a couple of YouTubers that um, do, like, meme reviews and shit. So I was thinking, why not have dirt balls? DM you or tag you in sports-related memes, and you guys just rate them like 0 out of 10 to 10 out of 10. Uh, just a quick idea, maybe help you guys get through the dog days of summer that we're dealing with right now. 
Uh, if it's a dumbass idea, then let me know. If it's a if it's a decent idea, then you know something that we can do to uh, you know alleviate alleviate a little bit of the boredom that we're dealing with in this August heat. So uh, let me know what you guys think and uh, stay dirty. All right. So I actually I think this is a great one. I actually pulled up a couple of what are called the best sports memes of all time. Okay. These are I mean these are generic lists. Right. Uh but it's good for us to start. Number one they have is crying crying Michael Jordan. I mean crying Michael Jordan's a pretty solid meme. And that was, I thought that I feel like that one had its longest run. I'm gonna say eight and a half out of ten. It's like solid, maybe went on too long. Yeah, went on too long. I don't think this one went on as long. The Michaela Maroney Maroney is not impressed. Four out of ten. Okay. Skipping that one. I don't think that one even makes this cut. Uh, the flake game, but that wasn't a specific meme. I did like the Tom Brady sketch artist thing. Yeah. It was funny. Uh, not, like, well-known enough. I'm going six, six and a half out of ten. What about Angry Michael Phelps from the last Angry Olympics? Angry Michael Phelps was good. Seven out of ten. Okay. All right, moving right along. This is a good one. Confuse yeah. Nick Nick Young. Confuse now, Nick Young because many people use it and don't even know it's a Nick Young. Yeah, now this actually stems for a little history on it. Nick Young appeared on a YouTube show called Through the Lens in 2014, and that was taken from that YouTube appearance. Hard to put it higher than Crying Michael Jordan just because of the, the, the breadth of how... Michael Jordan, so I'm going to go 8 out of 10. Yeah. What about it's a bold strategy, Cotton? I see that one used a fair amount. Strong, strong. Yeah, that's strong. Dodgeball reference. I feel like... Dodgeball. Is that a sports meme? Yeah. I think you guys are forgetting the best one. Hold hold on. I'm not not going to still going through them, bro. Jesus Christ. I'm putting... putting, uh, Because, again, it works cross... Cultures. I'm I'm going eight and a half out of ten. I'm putting it right there with Jordan. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. You're putting it that you're putting it that high up. Because there. I think there's movie fans that use that too that don't even know a fucking thing about sports. All right, let me pull up a. Uh, is that it? Because now Aaron is chomping at the bit. Why well, I have, I have two lists. This was hot for a minute. This one. Nah, don't even know it. You don't know this I one? Think, isn't that the that's like that's like the shitty equivalent of the guy walking with the girl and looking back at the girl. What about the Lance Stevenson blow? That one was hot for a minute. Hot for a minute, not that strong. Six out of ten. The Manti Teo Invisible Girlfriend. There was tons of memes going yeah, around. That's, but... not a, that's not a specific meme. Okay, Aaron, hop on here. Wh- which one are you saying we forgot? I love the uh, LeBron James with a cigarette. Post game interview meme, strong, yeah. strong. Love that one. Yeah, the 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 Kevin Durant tweeting meme was is great, but that was basically just used for Kevin Durant, right? I'm I'm still giving it like a seven out of ten. And then I also love the uh, LeBron James like pleading with J.R. Smith. Yeah, that was a good one too. See that like the Simpsons. My favorite memes that you can use for sports. But about, like whatever. What about Homer Simpson disappearing? Yeah, Homer Simpson disappearing, great. Homer Sim, but Grandpa Simpson coming and going is even better, if you ask me. As far as Simpsons means go. Uh oh, Eli face. Personally, my favorite Eli meme is just deal with it, <laughs> but that's me. So what are we saying? The Michael Jordan stop get help. That's a terrible meme. 
Oh, that bothers you. Yeah, I just think that's a terrible one. So what are we saying is the best one? I mean, crying Jordan is is like just how strong it was. But I feel like we are forgetting some. So send us your sports memes. We'll rate them. Also, make sure you add Twerks with Wolves on there at DS Interns because I'd like, I'd like the Twerks rating. What about Bart Scott? Too. Can't wait. Bart Scott can't wait. Strong. I feel like we're almost solely responsible for that becoming a meme. I use it all the time. You're welcome, everybody. I use it all the time. You the real MVP is strong. That's a strong Kevin Durant one. Oh, that's I a use, good one. I use crying you the real MVP pretty much anytime anybody helps me with anything on the <laughs> like the amount of times I bet you I bet you I've sent CT you the real MVP two hundred times. Literally every time I rent the car, you the real MVP. Yeah, I can see that. That's a good one. Right. Oh, but do you know what I think it might be the goat sports meme? What's that? Alonzo Mourning. The fucking sad except like the shaking his head now and then. But yeah, kind of. That might be the goat sports meme for me. It's not above crying Jordan. But he's just but it's so effective. He's like, no. But yeah. So good. So strong. And the subtlety of it too. I think I'm a big fan of the video memes. I think more than just the straight up picture ones. Like when he said that, it makes you think of the uh, the Tim Duncan, where he just throws a little, yeah, little you know, little rock hands real quick for yeah. like a second. Where he just sitting on the bench. Yeah, yeah. It's all about the gifts, right? Yeah. So basically, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about gifts here. Yeah. What I'm saying. Well, crying Jordan was a wasn't a gif. True. Gifts. It's a new, you know, the new thing. I mean, we had we had the crying flute girl. We had the crying Northwestern kid. Yeah. Those guys all tried to take. Jordan's title from like the crying situation, but yeah. I, I I might I think personally I might be my my gold medalist might be Alonzo Mourning. That thing is so strong. Also, Vince Carter, it's over. Very strong. The Nick Nick Young one is up there for me. Yeah. Also, the uh, the Brick Lopez clapping his hands over and over again. Yeah. I mean, that's not universal though, dude. We're talking all time. That's nowhere near the list of a Jordan or a Nick Young. It's like any suggestion comes from the intern booth. Ruth is yeah, like, yeah, but all time. This is the White Claw yeah. memes. I wasn't, what is I wasn't, wrong with you? I wasn't saying all time. I was thinking of newer ones that are making their rounds, kind of getting there. I mean, Le- Who, who's done that? By the way, who's done that since that game happened? Though is my. By point. the way, the LeBron, the LeBron one where he's looking up that you can use above ter- below terrible tweets is a legendary one too. He's like, what is going on up there? <laughs> That's also a great one. Uh, the Brooke Lopez one I saw the other day. It was a, uh, it was uh, when I'm in church and, my, and the pastor and uh, my mom, when I'm in church and the pastor starts talking about kids who behave badly or something like that. You know, who are you, of follow- course, who are you following on Twitter for that type of tweet? It wasn't one that I followed. It was just like it got retweeted by so many people that it popped up. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. All right, we're we're down we're down this rabbit hole. Let's let's get to a new call. Hey, Joe and Andy, this is John of South Texas Dirtball. I was just calling to get y'all's takes on a fantasy football league I have with a few of my friends. It's called the White Boy Fantasy League. You can only draft white players. The roster positions are three quarterbacks, two wide receivers, one running back, one tight end, one flex, two kickers, and um, one defensive player. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how racist would you say this league is? And could you ever see it catching on? And so I hope y'all enjoy y'all's time at Minute Maid, and I'm going to be in L.A. I'm the 24th, so hopefully one of y'all have a show. Um, stay dirty. Bye. 
Uh, I think it's hilarious. Spoiler: The guy who drafts Christian McCaffrey wins the league every year. <laughs> um, uh, I don't. I think it's medium racist, and I think in Trump's America, exactly twenty-eight percent of the population uses this as their fantasy, as their fantasy league. Only white players. So you're good on quarterbacks. Then after that, you basically have to draft somebody who plays wide receiver on the Patriots. There's a couple white wide receivers, but there's one white running back who gets touches. Yeah. One. 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 Christian McCaffrey. That's it. That's it. Yeah. They're all tossing around the same girl now, too. Have you noticed this? What? So, all, all the all the white-skilled guys. So, so Danny Amendola breaks up with that model, Olivia Cupo. Is it Cupo? And I, then, thought, I thought she was a wide receiver for the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, he breaks up with her. And then McCaffrey starts going at her on Instagram, and now they're a couple. So, like, the white skilled guys are just passing around the same so, supermodels. <laughs> so, did you just use your example that all the white skilled players are passing around the same girls, and you used one example of two players who shared a girlfriend? Yeah. They're all doing it. Strong. Strong <laughs> evidence, right? I, I think it's funny. Maybe a little racist. I mean, yeah, it's 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 me. As I said, it's medium racist. It's the medium pizzas of racist. Yeah. Oh, this is a good. This is a good one. I was thinking, but like you know, there it, you could do other versions of this, like only uh, only hyphenated names or something. Only mixed race players. You could do only black players, but that's just called fantasy football. Yeah. We have a few more calls to get to, Prano. Before we do that, I want you to feel how soft these new chill boys feel. How soft they are with my hands. Yeah, I'm feeling them right now with my balls, private parts, because I already know how soft these bamboo chill boys are. The reason they're called chill boys, I assume, is because the bamboo is so breathable that it keeps your boys chill. We just got a new, a couple new pairs in the mail from our friends at Chill Boys, guys. Ninety-five percent bamboo. That's why these things are so soft. That bamboo feels. Absolutely amazing on your nether regions, like Joe was saying. And we have a great deal currently going on with Chill Boys. You can use discount code DIRTY20, that's D-I-R-T-Y 20, at chillboys.com to save you 20% on your first order. That's DIRTY20 to save 20%. Just go to chillboys, that's C-H-I-L-L, boys.com. And even better than that... We're doing a free giveaway with our friends at Chill Boys. All you need to do is follow them and us on Instagram. The winner will be selected in about seven days. They will be giving away two pairs of Chill Boys bo- Chill Boy boxers. All you need to do is follow at Chill Boys on Instagram and tag any two friends for any Chill Boys Instagram post. Also follow us at The Dirty Sports. Just tag two friends for the chance to win two amazing soft, free pair of Chill Boys underwear. And also, again, you can go to chillboys.com and drop promo code DIRTY20 to get 20% off that first order. And if you don't have two friends to tag, tag at Joe Prano and at Andy Ruther and at Aaron Mahadas. Yeah, it's, it's really simple, guys. Okay, this is a good call I think you're going to like right okay. now. What's going on, guys? This is Kyle on Panama City Beach. Uh, you wanted some off-the-wall questions, so what is your death row meal? P.S. Joe, I just got ordered to add to Japan. 
If you're ever in the area and want to go wave sliding, hit me up. you got a place to stay. Fuck yeah. Thanks for the invite, Kyle. <laughs> I guess only joke and go wave sliding. I'm out here surviving stingray stings, motherfuckers. Went back in the water the next day like a boss. Just saying. <laughs> uh, what's your death row meal? I think I know my death row meal. You go, because I don't know. All right. I'm going to start uh, with an appetizer. Uh, big sushi guy. You know me. My favorite thing, tuna. Just like a, a couple tuna hand rolls just to get to wet my appetite. Just some fresh tuna hand rolls. That's my appetizer. Then I'm going with a uh, very specific and uh, fantastic Italian pasta dish that I used to get at a place called Piatta d'Oro in Harlem, which was buttery, spicy spaghetti with lobster on top, like a a full lobster on top. So lobster, buttery, spicy spaghetti, fucking the best meal I've ever had, no doubt about it. Piazza d'Oro, fantastic secret spot in Harlem if you're ever in New York. Uh, and then just going to follow it up, you know, surf and turf. I'm going to have a fucking steak. Follow that. How much shit are you eating for your Dude, final meal? First of all, I can eat a couple tuna hand rolls, some lobster spaghetti, and steak. And then I'm going to finish that with a little dessert. And my dessert, easy, a Friendly's Reese's Pieces Sunday with pistachio ice cream and you're going friendlies. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, here's what I'm doing. I want just explosive diarrhea going everywhere when I'm dead. Right? So, so, so like, this is my thought process. They say you shit yourself. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So my thought process is I don't just want me to shit myself. If I'm going out, I'm going out leaving a mark. Andy Ruther going with one final Taco Bell joke on his deathbed. <laughs> his whole career was a Taco <laughs> Bell joke. He will go with one final Taco Bell joke. I have joke. literally never said a Taco Bell joke on stage, ever. Have I tweeted a bunch of Taco Bell jokes? Yes. I have never said a Taco Bell joke on stage. So Everybody start retweeting. Everybody put Taco Bell and at Andy Ruther into Twitter and just start retweeting random Taco Bell jokes from back in the day. I've, I've tweeted a lot of Taco Bell jokes. I've never said one on stage. Anyway, I wasn't going to go there, but you've added that. I, you, haven't you done a Taco Bell joke? Uh, don't you do a Taco Bell joke when you're sitting on the toilet? And you're swiping on Tinder, you're like, nope. Taking a fucking Taco Bell shit. Nope. Nope. That's not the joke. I do not have any Taco Bell jokes. Here's what I'm eating. I want my shit to just stink up that entire area of everybody who's got to deal with my dead, fried corpse. So we're talking White Castle. We're talking Skyline Chili. We're talking Taco Bell. Of course, we're going to get some sweets in there, too. I want the stuff that's going to just explode I want that. I want it. I want it spraying down my dead legs. Just that squirts of disgusting, smelly shit. That way, those guards when they have to pick up my dead body have to deal with that. Not only a disgusting dead body, but a rancid smell coming off my flesh. Because I'm going out. Are we giving Twerks a little? Twerks is chopping the bit. Yeah. I think he's going White Castle and White Claws and fucking White Truffle I actually, cake. Uh, I actually don't like White Castle at all. 
Um, of course you don't. I so I was so you, you have the worst taste of anybody I've ever. I met, was so um, I had White Castle White Castle once, and I was so um, underwhelmed by it. I was like, this is not at all what I expected. It's uh, it tastes like frozen hamburgers. Um, well, it is. They were just hamburgers. reheated up real quick. That's, like, where, that's where'd what you, it is. Where'd you have it at? Um, when I was in Chicago a while back, and I was just like, this is, this is. Ass, honestly. You know, I want to get to this. You say your I mean, thing. It's not good, but it's yeah. fucking. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I have my meal though. I definitely start so off strong with pizza uh, with no cheese as an appetizer. No, no, keto's not out the window for this one. Um, I'm going with nachos, just like your appetizer nachos from a place, like with some steak and chicken, just that full thing. Love nachos. My meal, I think I'm gonna have to go with uh, a ribeye as the protein, and um, probably like a. Some like sweet potato fries with like a, uh, like a spicy aioli. Love that. And uh, for dessert, aioli, yeah, 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 fucking aioli. And dessert, um, honestly, I, I don't know. I can't. I don't. I'm not a big dessert guy. But but yeah, maybe uh, some kind of like a, your pie guy. Yeah, I love pie. I go with pie. Yeah, there, yeah, you, go. there you go. There you go. Or, 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 yeah. Like, what is your guilty pleasure? I, I, your palate. I think you're. I think you might have one of the worst palates of anybody I've ever met. Between the white claw and the scraping cheese. He's 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 basically disregarding his palate though for the sake of health. That's, that's yeah. There is there is a lot of situations where I do do that because um, this shit is yeah. But I don't very very like definitely has a very sugar free taste. Yeah yeah, and which I hate. I'm used to that now. Yeah, so I think my palate's fine. I mean, I I like a lot of different things. I appreciate different things, but I also make a lot of sacrifices. So, but I I I mean, but here's my take. You want yeah. me to be honest about yeah. all this shit? Yeah. If you're gonna go all in. Go all in and get a fucking six pack. Don't like, yeah, I'm kind of like, like my thing is this on, on when it comes to this stuff. Like if you want to go all in and put yourself through not eating pizza correctly, why half ass it? It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the analogy I use. If I bring back a girl who I, I don't, let's say in the past, a regrettable decision, I'm not just going to have sex with her once. I'm going to get my money's worth. And even though I'm repulsed by her, we'll have sex with her multiple times. Does that make any sense? It does. I just think it's different contexts. Yeah. That doesn't really <laughs> apply to <laughs> to like my food choices. But I appreciate really good food and white Ca- I just I'm sorry, but I don't think White Castle's good. Like no, just- that's fine. I'm not even talking about White Castle. I feel like I want to take you out on an Andy Ruther binge eating experience. We can do it. Yeah. We could do it. We should maybe uh document it too, I think. I just want to give a shout out. I don't know if this is Kyle is this Kyle Aronofsky? Hold on. Let me see. Let's check. Uh Kalaranovsky just made a donation to my Venmo that just says "fuck twerks with wolves." Yeah, it is. He said "fuck twerks with wolves" for disrespecting the castle. I'm a huge White Castle. I'm gonna guy. reiterate: White Castle is ass, and I will stand by that. <laughs> but but until hold on. I die, but hold there's on. so what? many better burger places than fucking White Castle. Well, yeah, no one's arguing that. Yeah, no one's arguing. But I also still delicious. I'm getting hungry for White Castle right now. Just talking about. So am I, dude. I literally ran over a fire hydrant in Cincinnati. I gutted my dad's entire vehicle, <laughs> risked a It's de- almost not a burger. It's yeah. almost like not a burger. First of all, it's sliders yeah. for sure. But it's also not a burger. It's almost like a burger the way bagel bites are pizza. You know what I mean? That's a good like, point. I'm not okay. like, fuck bagel bites. Yeah. Worst pizza I ever had. Yeah. Like, motherfucker, you're not having pizza. You're having bagel bites. That's a fair point. Like, my goal for this podcast, you, you talk about all By the way, I, I might, might get a, just a... A little foursome of bagel bites in there with my uh, <laughs> with my bagel tuna hand roll with so my good. tuna hand roll fucking <laughs> appetizer. Shout out to the original bagel bites dirt, are dirt. so good. I knew I knew this question would stem so much discussion. This is what we should do. Ah, there's no white. I hate that there's no white castles on the West Coast. I was gonna say, 
We need to get. Are you familiar with the Crave case? It's a suitcase of White Castle burgers. My brother, would, yeah, uh-huh. my brother would eat has like, has like thirty, crave right? When he would get drunk, Mikey would fucking do the thirty Crave case. Yeah, he'd fall asleep eating Crave cases. One time, I'm pretty sure it was either a White Castle burger or a burrito. One time, his dog Guinness saved his life because he passed out with food in his mouth, and the dog oh, ate it out of his mouth. Dog like pulled a burrito <laughs> out of his mouth to save him. I'll never forget in college, we went to White Castle late night. This is when I was back in Cincinnati. And got a Crave case, and my buddy was passed out in my parents' basement, and my dad was so mad. He's like, the entire basement. He's like, Andrew, the entire basement. Smells like onions and ass. Yeah, just reeks. He he didn't know who my friend was. Like, who's the guy passed out with all the little, you know, little cartons on top of him? Oh. Well, you know what the great thing about White Castle is? They do the frozen White Castles in the supermarket. They're not that much different. Really? Like the ones you can get at Costco? Yeah. Have you? Do they have them at Costco? Yeah, I've never gotten them. Oh, because dude, let's me, get them. Let's have a White Castle day. You need at least sixty of those burgers the next time you go to the White Castle. Next time we do a fucking. Next time we do the Hard Knocks post show with Twerks with Wolves, the official Twerks with Wolves Hard Knocks recap show. <laughs> we're eating fucking White Castles, bro. Just stinking. By the way, that. White Castles are the Raiders of burger joints, so you <laughs> oh, should no. fucking love White oh, Castle. No. I just had so much buildup leading up to White Castle. Like, what it was. great people, like the Raiders, great people have gone to White Castle and come out just shells of themselves. Oh, my God. We used to have some. Th- there was one by St. Louis University. Oh, they used to hate us. They used to hate us. Like in the hood. Yeah. There's one in the hood, like, you know. They're always in the hood. Yeah. Oh, always. White Castle. We used are- to go down. We used to go from my. House, my parents' house, like the Bronx to get White Castle sometimes. Yeah. They moved the one that was by my parents. They moved the one a little farther away. It was almost as if, like, my accident caused them to move a few miles away. Oh, dude. We went to White Castle. Oh, my God. You were so embarrassing. I was killing the game at the fucking drive through machine. We went. I think we periscoped it. We did. We went. It's when we were staying at my brother's house. That was the day I pissed in his basement sink. <laughs> that was, uh, that's when we were down to rabble. Dude, that was, you know when that was? That was about four years ago. That was October 2015. We were in town, Dirtball State. Wow. Yeah. We were in town. Oh, that's right. And we went to White Castle. And, I, and, and your brother, your, you guys put me in like the fucking uh, a scene from Saw down in the basement where no lights would come on. And only there's 10 doors and only one of them unlocked. But it just took you to a more creepy part of the basement where then I had to piss in a sink. I had to move some of his laundry out of the sink and piss in it because I was like, well, it's either this or piss my pants. Oh, my God. I couldn't escape. We got back to my brother's and we were just crushing you were you were out of control at the drive-thru. She'd be like, do you want under rings? You're like, add that shit, motherfucker. Add that. You're just yelling at this woman. I'm all embarrassed. Yeah. Class. She, and that's when I hit her with the real MVP gif. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get a few. Let's get let's get by. You know what? This a is lot actually- of mornings when you wake up and you realize you had a whole crave case by yourself. You're like, <laughs> oh, no. But, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep the dirty sports memories going with this question. Hello, Andy and Joe. It's Stank here. Long time caller, first time listener. 
since we're in the dull drums of summer, I thought I'd call and ask you guys what the, some of your favorite dirty sports memories were. You guys have come a long way since you had no advertisers and that uh, one kid stapled his nest to his leg. It was kind of like the Wild West for a bit. Anyways, uh be nice to hear some of those. Uh, condoms are for Eddie Vedder never calling in the show anymore. Stay dirty. <laughs> it's a great question. Dude, so many good memories. I totally forgot about that kid stapling his nuts to his leg. Yeah, I, I actually don't recall that at all. I think I have that video somewhere on my computer. He stapled his nuts to his leg for a retweet from me. Wow. He was from Baltimore. This is like right when the show started. I mean, some of my favorite members, anytime we meet up with the Dirtballs, like, I already know Amarillo, some shit's going to go down. I laugh out loud when I think of Branson Ping almost dying. Yeah, and you weren't even there. I wasn't even there. I was there. Wasn't that funny in the moment. Uh, yeah, a lot of the Dirtball meetups have savage stories, tales that come from them. I mean, he who shall not be named showing up on your father's lawn. For what? What? For, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. Uh the pitches, both great. Pitch, I mean, both great experiences. Um, the original Jay Gonzo Jr. appearance in San Francisco, we were at the small show, and he was drinking fucking... Sangria. Sangria and roasting people. And I was like, who the fuck is this asshole? And then somebody was like, literally, dude, what's your problem? He's like, I'm just here to see Joe Prano. I was like, this motherfucker's here to see me? Is that dirtball by himself in a San Francisco Giants jersey? Uh, that was pretty legendary. Uh, I'm trying to think. What are the great dirt ball? Like, what is a standout dirt ball moment? Selling my couch. Yeah, selling your couch. I mean, for people who are newer dirt balls, I had this old, disgusting, green couch. It was a, uh, what are they called? The ones that wrap around? A sectional. It was a sectional. And Prano joked, because at the time we were getting a new website, which ended up being a terrible website, by the way. I don't even remember her name who designed it. Uh, it was the girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we sold pieces of the couch to raise money to build the website. We sold like $2,000 worth of pieces of that couch. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of dirtball moments like in person where like guys just like lost their minds. We definitely have. There's definitely something I'm blanking on. But like I'm trying to think of where where have we been where – Dude, I got one of my favorite memories is I'm in Chicago. I mean, for, for Stanga, the fucking with a one-armed girl at the strip club. Oh yeah, how could how we, could we forget about that strip club in uh, Muncie, Indiana? I loved. I was in Chicago walking the streets in downtown, and I get tapped on the shoulder, and somebody says, "Are you Andy Ruther?" And I say, "Yeah," and it was a dirt ball, and he says, "Can we do a Snapchat selfie?" I was like, "Yeah, dude, of course." And then I said, are you going to any of our shows? This is the most dirtball thing ever. Will we have like five shows that weekend? He goes, no, I can't school. And I'm like, wait, what? You're tapping me on the shoulder as a stranger to take a selfie, but you can't go to any of our comedy shows? Like to me, that's fucking dirtball. One of, the, one of my most hilarious dirtball memories, I just saw Zach Olmstead in, uh, he came up to Connecticut with Rob. Uh, a, a, a dirtball memory that's like a not dirtball memory. He used to come out all the time when I was in New York. One night he comes out and then he bails to go hang with like his, to I think he'll have sex with his roommate or something like that. And then I meet up with the entire UCLA women's soccer team. And I'm like, where are you, bro? <laughs> like, 
I'm hanging out with the UCLA women's soccer team. Yeah. Hilarious. I mean, just sideshow network alone. Yeah. Joe and I, we drove by it last week on our way back from Orange County, and we just started laughing. The whole episode with Maria, Sean, the people at Sideshow. I mean, that place could not have been run more more inefficiently. Yeah. That whole saga. How about my neighbor? How about the guy screaming when the first 10 episodes for us to shut up? Do you think that neighbor just adjusted or moved out? He must have adjusted, right? You think he moved out over it? No. Or maybe he's just a big Eddie Vedder fan. <laughs> maybe he just likes when Eddie Vedder calls the show. Say, Andy Ruther, Joe Prano. We do need some more Eddie Vedder. The show's had many incarnations. If You've had the... The pre-denting days and the post-denting days. Almost like the pre-9-11 days and the post-Bush did 9-11 days. Because George Bush did 9-11. Never forget that. <laughs> it's hard living in Chicago, being a Cubs fan when the Cubs are winning and George Bush is destroying buildings. It's like, what's better, the pre-9-11 days before Bush took down those twin towers or the post ones when the Cubs won the World Series? Hard to say. This next song, by the way, is called Elderly Woman Behind the Counter in a Small Town. Longest song in the Pearl Jam catalog until we wrote the great Andy Ruther eats White Castle burgers after crashing into a fire hydrant. <laughs> that song's also about 9-11. <laughs> Just thought that'd be a funny title. Uh, unbelievable. Twerks with wolves. I get that the that the dances with wolves reference, which just makes me, just reminds me of the raping and pillaging of this great land from the natives. I call them natives. I don't call them Indians because they're not Indian. Do we want to do any more calls? We're gonna we're gonna wrap Let's it up. Let's do one more. One more call. Yeah. Let's do an encore. Okay. You haven't played even flow yet. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let me pick from this list White Castle Onions arrive like butterflies Hey, what's up, Joe? What's up, Andy? Uh, Julian Noir here in the ranked Number one ranked West Michigan team dirt baller uh, I was just wondering If you guys could each choose One college to play for uh, D1 uh, in college basketball and in college football, which would it be? Uh, me personally, probably like LSU or for basketball, fucking Duke. I don't know. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Uh, condoms are for whoever hacks sports talk various account. Stay dirty. He's back though. He's got like two accounts. Who? Sports talk Barry. Got it. Um, D1 college football, D1 college basketball. I think, okay, I've said this before. Now, I'm getting specific on era. Now, if I could play in any era of college football, it's the U under Jimmy Johnson. Now, granted, I'm, you know, going back in time. I'm turning this into a whole, like, back to the future scenario. If I could play for anybody, it'd be Jimmy Johnson under the U. I mean, you have, you do anything you want. You got two live crew. You're in Florida. I mean, Cocaine is everywhere. 
I, I, I almost feel like the U has got to be up there just generally. You're in Miami. Yeah. Right? Like, to me, to me, as far as college football goes, and I know there's going to be a lot of fucking cheddar dicks out there who hate this, but, like, the middle of the country, except for maybe University of Texas, you're out. <laughs> like, I'm going SEC, Miami, or something in the Pac-12. But what's the difference between – see, this is where I would disagree. What's the difference between playing college football in Columbus versus Tuscaloosa? E- well, first of all, Alabama's not going to be on my list, but I'm saying like – Because you said SEC, though. Yeah, but I'm saying SEC, like here's like here's the schools that I'm willing to play for if I could choose. I'm like playing for Georgia or Ole Miss or LSU. Dude, Ole Miss is the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But it's fucking hot chicks, a good scene, the hedges. Bro, I would I'm never. I'm going Miami, Florida, you know. I've been to Oxford. Austin, Texas. There's nothing there. Pac-12. Like, honestly, probably my answer is probably SC. I was going to say SC. Hot chicks, good tradition, playing the Coliseum. That might be my answer. Honestly, UCLA, it's not too bad playing the Rose Bowl either. Miami's got to be up there. It's just too bad Miami doesn't have their own fucking like, dope-ass stadium. Yeah, that's a major drawback. Now, basketball-wise. Florida, playing in Gainesville, like fucking basketball-wise. If I could play for it, I'm playing UCLA. That's my answer. UCLA. Tradition, L.A. Follow the, dr- the great yeah, John the great, Wooden. And the great, the, the GOAT, Bill Walton. Throw it down in Pauly. Such a small arena, all the tradition, I'm, I'm just, conference of champions. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to stay home and play with Xavier, right? That's gross. <laughs> I mean, like, North Carolina's got to be in the mix, right? I'd like to go to a school for basketball that you, like, you don't expect. Like, in, like, in Oregon's good. I feel like the girls would be pretty amazing in Eugene, somewhere else in the country. I don't know. I, I wouldn't go to Duke, though. How do you not go to St. John's? Play in the gardens. It's a mecca basketball. What are you going to play in a... Look, hey Cameron, nice nice field. Nice field house there, you know? Nice place. This is the mecca. You Basketball fans everywhere. Every day, twice a day, get on their hands and knees, and they pray. They pray in what direction? Well, depends what direction uh, the Madison Square Garden is from you. If you're if you're in the United States, you face east and you pray to the God. If you're in Europe, you face west. You pray to the God. Come on, it's a Mecca. Get down on your hands and knees and play. Pray, pray there and play there. It's Chris Mullen on why people should play for St. John's, the team he has just left. I think though UCLA. Just, I'm going UCLA basketball. It just doesn't have what it used to have, dude. I think it'd be fun to play for a school like Oregon. I don't know. Just Oregon seems like a cool place to play football for sure. You get all those fucking uniforms. You get to play in that. You get to play in that stadium where like Prefontaine ran and shit. Yeah, I know. I know. Twerks is chomping at the bit to hop. He's in like on Fresno, this. Fresno. Uh, I thought about saying Fresno, but no. My honest answer would be uh, USC for football, especially when you brought up eras. I think USC under Pete Carroll would have been a blast. Um, basketball. Um, I mean, I'm not a big college basketball guy. I, I definitely think UCLA is pretty cool and got everything going for it. 
Um, Kentucky, you want to play in Kentucky? Kentucky would be cool. Kansas, I don't actually know. Never mind. I don't even know why I said Kansas. I wouldn't. I would never want to live there. Um, yeah. No, I think I'm gonna go USC, UCLA. I mean, you can't go wrong in this area. I mean, I thought about Kentucky, but you know, Lexington is the middle of nowhere. Although, does it really matter? Like, if you want that football vibe, like I understand, like going SEC. Like, I could play Georgia. Dope uniforms, green grass, beautiful fucking. Athens is a fun town. Yeah, I could play in Georgia. I'm definitely going UCLA for basketball, though. That's my that's my that's my final answer. Yeah, I don't know. I I would just skip and go straight to the NBA, personally. When you're somewhere. I don't know. The hometown thing would be kind of fun. Staying home, playing for Xavier. Quality of life. <laughs> Get my boosters to drive me to fucking Skyline. Walt, Walt will take me to the home games. Walt called me yesterday, and he goes, uh, he goes, you're only the second person I've ever known who's gotten stung by a stingray. I go, who else, Dad? He goes, Steve Irwin. <laughs> Not exactly somebody you know, Dad. Yeah, I was like, that doesn't count, Pops. <laughs> Classic Walt Ruther. That's the show. The hotline is 310-359-8365. Thank you for all the calls. And uh, we have a few we didn't get to. We'll get to those next episode. Yeah, and keep them coming. We're in the doldrums. Yeah. So keep giving a call. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Again, you can follow. The Dirty Sports. The Dirty Sports. Yeah. You can follow me at Andy Ruther. On all social media. Joe Prano. At Fix Your Life on Twitter. At Joe Prano on Instagram. Give me a follow. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's we're, we, Let's get this shit wrapped up. Yeah. Twerks. Uh, at DS Interns on Twitter. At Aaron Maharis on Instagram. Uh, at Aaron Maharis on Words with Friends. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, guys, that's the show. Again, leave those calls, 310-359-8365. We'll be back in a few days. Have a great week, and most importantly, stay dirty.